today by the love that Sarah and Davis share for each other. We're going to be so happy. We'll be so happy. I'm going to crush it at being a husband. I really hope she looks like her picture. Pete says she has a good personality. That's a red flag. Davis. Whoa, that is one beautiful personality. Cutie alert. Thank, Thank you, you, Pete. Pete. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, uh, oh. I got you a latte. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, latte. Why did I just say that? Quick, say something. Oh, yeah, that's dairy. Probably shouldn't immediately correct him. Uh, so do you sports? Failure. Yeah, I love golf. What? No, I don't. I hate golf. Me too. Yes, I love with the chipping and the putting birdies. Nope, tweet, tweet. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. Um, so what are you looking for in, in a relationship? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna die alone. Uh, oh, um, you know, it's, uh, um. Someone just like me. Someone who's just kind of their own person. Someone pretty adventurous. Someone who likes to stay at home. Someone who'll just listen to me. Someone who doesn't talk too much. Someone who isn't intimidated by how much money I make. Somebody who doesn't mind how little money I make. He looks like a good dad. Hope she doesn't want kids like soon. Um, you know, it's uh, like another person. Oh, that's me. I mean, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I love her. Wow, time flew by. <laughs> it's over? Think fast. Oh, yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, you gotta, uh, do you want me to huh. maybe? Should I give her a hug? Is that weird? No, okay. No, kiss. Ha okay. No, wait, oh my gosh, what do I do? S uh, this is great. What is this happening? <laughs> Go. Okay. Ooh, he smells good. <laughs> well, I'll just see you. Well, you messed that up. It's okay, we'll crush our second date. You remember your first date? Yeah, <laughs> boy, for those of us who are married, we're happy that's way behind us. For you who are thinking about that stuff, sorry, but uh, that happens, doesn't it? Well, we're uh, in the middle of our uh, three-part series, uh, In the Ring, Fighting for Your Marriage. And uh, we're, we're talking to uh, ourselves about what, what does this look like, uh, whether you're married, single, hope to be married someday. Uh, it's going to help us or have been married, is going to help us with our relational uh, expectations and giving us a better understanding of the way women and men are alike and the way they are so, so different. So uh, we're, we're excited to be in the middle of this, I think. So uh, those of you who uh, may be uh, considering following Christ, you may be sitting there and go, what does this, this have to do with me? Uh, I do think that as you, as, you, as you listen to this, you will uh, pull away some principles just for life and just for relationships. But I do want to say that uh, knowing Christ, having Christ a part of your life, definitely gives you the energy, uh, the strength to navigate these waters a little differently than somebody who doesn't have Christ in their life. So as you're sitting out there and listening to that, just remember, some of these things are, are going to be hard, and they are hard. And they do feel heavy and, and, and difficult at times. But uh, those of us who do know Christ have Christ within us, have that spirit within us, that connection with him. And it gives us just a little bit more or a lot more to navigate these waters. So that's really important, having Christ at the center of our relationships and our lives. 
Well, last week, uh, last Sunday, the idea was all about most issues in relationships and marriages come uh, when my expectations aren't met. So we spent a lot of time talking about that and talking about how to understand that a little bit. Now, I do have to say this on the outset. If you got the pulse, the e-news, the email prayer thing, you would see that uh, this is a PG-13 message. And that doesn't mean it's going to be a rated R message, but it is a PG-13 message. And actually, I look at a PG-13 message as actually a gift. Because I remember when our girls were younger and these things would come up on a Sunday morning and it was age appropriate for where they were at, maybe a little uncomfortable, but age appropriate, it was good for them to hear those things so that then we could follow up and discuss it uh, some other time during the week. So really, if you have children and you've got to decide what ages and all those kinds of things, but when you're, you're trying to raise these kids, sometimes having a sermon or a message or whatever, a talk or something that's going on at youth group, uh, having that uh, bring that up, it gives you an opportunity to speak into your child uh, about this. And, and these are parental guidance needed. Uh, some of us grew up in homes where when it comes to these subjects, there was no parental guidance. It was kind of like, you know what about the birds and the bees? Yeah, okay, good, good, conversation over, you know. So, so you know, so this, this is, I think, is, is something that uh, can be, be helpful to all of us. Now, now when I get into this uh, subject of looking through her eyes or her eyes, I, I need a little grace or actually a lot of grace. Um, obviously, I'm not a woman, and so I see things through my eyes. I'm trying to interpret that. Uh, I did, did, spend, you know, four or 20 years with four girls in my house, Cindy and our three daughters. So, you know, I, I kind of understand a little bit, but at the same time, there was more than one time where one of those girls, not Cindy, would say, you just don't get me. So, so, so I'm in this, 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 this place. So bear with me. If I say something wrong, if I say something that's offensive, there is no intention to offend anybody. It's I'm just trying to talk through uh, a subject that uh, can uh, be a little difficult and at times a little awkward. And most of you are saying, I'm happy I'm not sitting where Dave's sitting. So <laughs> give, me some, give me some space. But I will say this. Um, I have asked somebody to help me with uh, today's message. <clears throat> and that's my wife of 30 years. So Cindy's going to come on up and uh, give her a little hand. Uh, Oh, the cake. Were you here last week? Don't you think maybe we should practice our 30th anniversary together in front of these witnesses? You guys are mean. We're just going to stick that right up there and hopefully maybe it won't get knocked on the or floor. Towards the end, I might need this. All right. Maybe. One fork, we are one, we yes. will share. Yeah, so I, she's got it all figured out, I guess. All right. Well, we're off to a good start, maybe. So, my love, uh, our opener was about a first date. Do you remember how I crushed it on our first date? Do you remember that? So many years ago. I was 19. Well, I do. Uh, it was a long time ago. And uh, it was a unique situation in that we were working at a camp. So we were both camp counselors. And... Uh, there was a little bit of a friendly rivalry, girls and boys, and we sat back to back. We had the same age group of uh, kids. 
And um, so we became friends. He started bringing me coffee in the morning. But our first official date was when we had a day off together. And he planned that we would go to Surf Coaster, which is a water park. And I thought, that's great, until I realized, wait, water park, bathing suits, first date? Oh, yikes. So I was very nervous. Uh, but we had a great time. Smart and guys, get the girl in the bathing suit, first date, all right. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> Uh, we'll leave that there. <laughs> we'll see how early that cake comes my way. But anyway, stop the message. So, yes, please don't record. Uh, so then he took me to a romantic dinner at Burger King on our way home. Hey, Surf Coaster was 12 bucks a ticket. That was big bucks in 1985. And... Burger King, not so much. But anyway, so, so you know, after that magical date at Surf Coaster and a romantic dinner at Burger King and all of that, uh, as you put your head down on your pillow that night, uh, could you ever imagine that three years later, that would be us? Wow. We look pretty young, don't we? Yes. We're... That was a long time ago. I don't know if I imagined it that night, but uh, I certainly hope for I another did. date. I did, yeah. I, I knew, I knew. It took... So, you yeah, right. <laughs> good, yeah, see, you know, you know, okay. Well, last week we talked about this idea of submission competition when it comes to our life together. Uh, we read that verse, uh, verse 21 out of Ephesians 5, and it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And again, we started there, we all say, we often hear verse 22 that says, wives, submit to your husbands, but we forget about verse 21, and verse uh, 22 doesn't actually have a verb. You can go back and figure out why that's all about. But this idea that when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our marriage relationship, there is this idea of submitting one to another, and we do it because of Christ. We do it because of what he's done in our lives. So again, if you're a Christ follower, that puts a little more pressure on you because you know what Christ has done. He's changed your life from the inside out. He's forgiven you. He's accepted you. He submitted his life and gave his life for you. So, so that, 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 the stocks go up a little bit on that. Now, we also talked about uh, words that can be used for this. Uh, last week, we saw that the idea of submission is to be willing to accept orders from another or willingly uh, accept what others have say you should do. And so that kind of idea. And uh, there's this, this give and take. There's this mutual submission. And, you know, we didn't get into all the details of this, but this idea that there are different roles. Men and women do have different roles, but it doesn't affect value. It doesn't affect this mutual submission to each other. Really, the way it shows up is, is in a number of ways, and Paul uh, says this, you know, that, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So this is really an application of what it means to live this submission kind of lifestyle with one another. This is an application. It's not re-emphasizing that, you know, in a sense, uh, it's just the wife who has to do this and the husband doesn't, but it's this idea that we apply this by men really emphasizing knowing love for our wives and then our wives really having a respect or being a willing to follow our lead. And again, we talked a little about this last week. We need to make sure that we have a lead that's worth following. So, so you know, you can't just throw that verse out because you're trying to get your wife to do something and say, well, you know, follow my lead. It's got to be something worth following. 
So, you know, when it, when it comes to all of this, you know, there, there's this moment where we get to this place where we have to decide, even when they don't deserve it, to put their needs above our own. And there's times where this happens. I think there was one time where I had to do this for Cindy, uh, where I had to put my needs above her own, my uh, expectations above uh, my own. And that happened when one time she was out driving around. Uh, we had this big Crown Victoria boat thing. And uh, she was coming through South Portland. And uh, they had just put these granite curbs in the, in the roadway or along the the edge of the road where the sidewalks were, and, and she was somehow able to take out not one tire, but two tires, both on the same side. And you know, those tires are huge. And uh, when she did that, that wasn't bad enough, but when she did that, um, she called me on her cell phone, and she all she had enough juice for to say, I've got two flat tires and I'm in South Portland, click. And I've been after her for, for a long time to keep her cell phone charged. That's an important guy thing. And, and she, just, she just wouldn't do it. And I thought, this is the time where I should just kind of hang out until I get another call from her. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. I decided to put her needs above mine. I, I decided to do that. And that's the only time in 30 years something like that's happened. So, Okay. So that brings us into the next thought is this, is most difficulties in marriage or any relationship or marriage come because men and women are just totally, totally uh, uh, different. And, and because of that, it just, it just creates all, all kinds, of, um, kinds of things. So we read in, in 1 Peter 3, 7, I love the way uh, Eugene Peterson uh, renders this. He says it this way, be good husbands to your wives, honor them, delight in them as women. They lack some of your advantages, but in the new life of God's grace, you are equal. Treat your wives then as equals so that your prayers don't run aground. And that, that's an interesting thing. So men, when our relationships with our spouses, our wives are not right, it actually affects our spiritual life. It actually affects our prayer life. And sometimes we may have to ask the hard question, and no elbowing from wives right now. We may have to ask the hard question, is my spiritual life seem to be blah? My prayers don't seem to go anywhere. Could a piece of that be that I'm not treating my spouse properly? because that will affect our um, vertical relationship. Our, our horizontal relationship with our spouse will affect our vertical relationship. Uh, Peter s speaks about this. Now, the English Standard Version uh, puts it this way. It says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Show honor to the woman. And this word understanding is a lot broader than you may be thinking. This, this word means discover. This means learn, that we discover and we learn. And uh, we just really need to dive into that, um, learning about it. Now, uh, guys, uh, you have tools, you have guns, you have cars, trucks, all kinds of things. Technology. 
technology. And, uh, you, you know, you guys, not me, you know, we understand it. We spend a lot of time figuring it out, how it works, what it doesn't do. New iPhone, beautiful machine for a beautiful tool, not a toy. Uh, but, uh, you, you, know, you, you know, we've spent a lot of time investing in that, understanding it, learning it. And we need to take at least the same, if not a little more energy in understanding our wives. And uh, we, we, need to, we need to, you know, get to that, get to that, get to that place. Now, now fortunately, a guy named Willard um, Harley wrote a book, His Needs, Her Needs. Um, it's not a Christ-centered book. He wrote it about 25 years ago, and it's sold millions of copies. Uh, but what he does that's really excellent is he does a great job diagnosing what's going on. You see, we can learn from a broader uh, source of resources, and sometimes uh, not Christ-centered material at least does a great job diagnosing the problem. The prescription is Christless. So the prescription may not be the best, but the diagnosis is fantastic. And so we're going to look at uh, these five needs, and uh, we're going to look at that. What am I supposed to be talking about? You were going to ask me how a husband loved his wife as he loved himself. Oh, boy, I tried to skip that question. So, Cindy, how does a husband... I won't mind. We can get done real quick. Yeah, yeah right. How does a... Uh, How's a husband supposed to love his wife? Well, he needs to become a student of her likes mm -hmm. and dislikes and lots of things. And this, this did take you a while, but, um, you know, we all have lessons, and growth is a, a good thing, and we take baby steps. And so he has, over the years, gotten to know what I like and what I dislike. And one of the things, when we were early on married, was a few times he offered to go get donuts on a Saturday morning. And I thought, that's so nice. He's serving me. He's going to go get some donuts. And... And he came home, and these few donuts were lemon, mm. apple-filled. And my first thought was, where is the chocolate? I mean, if you're going to have a donut, it needs to be chocolate. So uh, again, differences. And I, I do like the fruity donuts. But uh, again, so I, I was totally shocked that there wasn't anything chocolate there. But I've learned, right? He has likes and dislikes, and I have likes and dislikes. So really a way that a, a husband shows he loves his wife is being a student of her. and not even just a student of what she likes and dislikes and how he thinks, but really man brain, woman brain is very different. So we both have things to learn. But a woman uh, cherishes uh, closeness and openness. We, we don't need to be fixed. We sometimes want to just share our problems. Um, we want you to honor us, to cherish us. We just want to know that we're valued and important. And I think those are some of the things that a husband can do to show his wife that he loves her. And I don't get her lemon or apple-filled donuts anymore. <laughs> just chocolate. Yes, yes, yes. And this whole idea, again, of just becoming a student, which is this idea of discovery and learning and really understanding who, who your wife is. And so how a wife might respect her husband would be the same thing. I need to be a student of Dave and his likes or dislikes and accept him for who he is. He doesn't like sweet potatoes. And I thought early on in our marriage, I could get him to like sweet potatoes. I mean, it, it, I just cooked in a certain way he would like them because I had done it so marvelously. No. 
I even tried with the children at a table that he would take a no thank you portion. I just had to learn to accept Dave does not like sweet potatoes. Now that's a simple thing. But just as a woman to respect our husband, we do that by being a student of them. Not thinking in woman brain what he might like, but really trying to understand the man brain. And that means it's not going to make sense to me, just like it might not make sense to him. Love and respect taught by uh, Dr. Eglerich is really um, helpful as it says that we should learn to appreciate our husband's desire to work and achieve, to protect and to provide, to serve and to lead, and to analyze and even to counsel. And the other thing is he says he desires shoulder-to-shoulder friendship. You know, early on I had a lot of lessons to learn about this. He might be fixing his bike and I'd sit with him and I'd think, gosh, I could be doing the dishes right now. I, there's laundry I could fold. But no, I, it's shoulder to shoulder, this is good to sit with him. Or maybe even while he's fixing technology. But then one day it dawned on me, wait a minute, this is time with him and connecting. Isn't that like, that's what I want. So some of that was just me and that slow process of learning too that he wants shoulder to shoulder. He's doing something, I'm watching him, or I'm sitting with him. We're together, so that's a win-win. And so those are some of the ways that we as women can respect our husbands. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said on that part. Oh, no. So, so we've got these uh, five needs uh, from this book. Now, these aren't five needs for every woman. You may, you may be looking at the five needs and go, oh, I only have two of those or one of those. So again, it, it, that may happen. The, this, that's possible. But, but this gets us thinking as men to see life through her eyes. So again, these are, these are just a great uh, diagnosis of some of the problems. So the first one here is family commitment. You even saw that in the opening uh, video Oh, I wonder if you'll be a good dad. You know, there's this idea of women are looking at men to see what kind of family uh, commitment they are. I can remember when uh, maybe it was our second, third date, I was getting introduced to the family. I was 19 years old, and I kind of knew this. I kind of really didn't, wasn't into this. I mean, it's not that guys don't like kids, but at 19 years old, really wasn't like super duper, even though I was a camp counselor. How does that work? But anyway, uh, but, you know, I was uh, at their house, and Cindy... His parents had a surprise daughter who was 19 years younger. She was three years old. And so there I am at the trailer. They're cooking hamburgers. It was a camper, and they're cooking stuff. And, and uh, there's little Susan, and, you know, she's three years old, has this big bouncy ball thing. So I go, all right, got to score some points over here. So, so there I am rolling the ball back and forth to her, and she's like, hey. You know, I could see Cindy going, oh, isn't that nice? And in my mind, I'm going, yeah, this is very painful. But, you know, I got, I got, I got to do this because I know, I know that. You see, she sees a great husband as a good dad. And, and, and we, we need to understand that, guys. And we need to realize that. Uh, do you remember me doing that? I Maybe. do. You see? Yeah, she just, yeah, right. Uh, now, again, it's not that guys don't like kids, but that's not like maybe, maybe that's number six on their list, not you know, number five or whatever, but just that, that whole idea and understanding that, that they're watching how we treat our family and realizing that someday, if things move along, we might be a part of, they might be a part of our family. So, so that's really important to them. Now, Ephesians 6.4 says this, Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down on them hard. 
are down hard on them. <laughs> Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Now, th this, is, this is true for men and women, moms and dads. But this idea that as a good dad, you don't push your kids' buttons, you're not, in the, you're not harsh with them, but you actually tenderly take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. That as a, that as a, as a man, you're going to be living that kind of rhythm in your life. And what's amazing about this, and we've talked about this in other times, is this just doesn't happen overnight. You can't say, I'm getting married. Now we have kids. Now I'm going to lead them by hand. We actually, as men, need to be investing in our relationship with God all along the way. So when that happens, those resources are there. And so this idea that that's the kind of dad, that's the kind of grandfather we can be, that's the kind of uncle we can be, we can be that kind of person that leads them by the hand. And, uh, you know, that's really, really important. Now, number four on our list is us financially being stable. And this doesn't mean that all women out there are gold diggers. It doesn't mean that they're just looking for you for, you know, your money or whatever. But there is this idea that they need stability, which is different than wealth. Um, how, how, do you, how do you see that unfolding, Cindy? Well, it's not like I had planned to marry a pastor in ministry and what that might look like. But as we were dating and as it became more real, um, I, I wasn't afraid of that or worried about that. Um, I had grown up in a family where both parents were working, um, so I kind of expected that I would be working. But my heart's desire was that if and when God would give us children, that I might be home with them when they were young. And so for me, that was just such a gift that Dave was on the same page, and that was important to him too. And you've heard stories about his old Dodge Dart and the things we tried to do so that we were ready and financially able that I could at home but that's a, it was a huge gift to me that you cared as much about our children and what would happen in their first few years so that was my heart's desire it might not be uh, every woman's desire but it was uh, a gift that we were able to do that and, and I really think women would rather have the stability than going for the big dream out there and living on the edge and taking way too much risk so it goes up and down. They, 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 want that, they want that stability in their lives, and we, we, can, we can try to do that. Now, sometimes things are beyond our, our uh, control, beyond our circumstances. Things just happen in life. But as we're looking at life, we try to say, how can I create a stable home? And a part of that is, is this, this finances, and it's a part of that in trying to figure that out and see how that is. Um, Paul talks to Timothy just in general to people that are responsible for families. He says, for if a believer fails to provide for their own relatives when they are in need, whatever that need is. So we could say financial stability. We could say emotional stability. We could say a lot of those kinds of things. They have compromised their convictions of faith. Because as a person that is in a supportive leadership role in a home, we're, we're to set those tones. We're to provide that stability as much as is possible. Again, some things are beyond our control, but as much as it's according to our ability, we, we do that. They compromise their conviction of faith because being a Christ follower is really giving your life away, giving your life for another person. And they need to be corrected for they are living worse than an unbeliever. And that what they're getting at is they're living worse than a person that doesn't have God in their life. 
And, uh, you know, somebody who doesn't have God empowering them, directing them, leading, you know, they're going to live a certain way. And that doesn't mean all uh, people don't live well, but, but it's this idea that you've got God connected to your life, so you ought to live differently and, and provide that kind of, of stability. Um, the, ne- the, next, the, next, uh, the next one is this idea of honesty and openness. Um, now, during the first uh, 10 years of marriage, uh, when it came to honesty and openness, I practiced something called protective lies. And you're going to say, what in the world is that? That's, that sounds like a spiritual, you know, protective lies, you know. But, but it, really, it really was this. It was that I thought that I ought to shield Cindy from some of the things that were going on in my life personally. And what I, what I mean by that is so, so if someone was unkind to me at church. You know, I was a leader at the time. If someone was unkind to me, I just, I wouldn't share that with her. I would want to shield it because I didn't want her dealing with, oh, there's that guy that said that about Dave. And, you know, I just, I just wanted to protect her from that. If, if things were, if I wasn't feeling good, I, I wanted to protect, protect her from that. So, I, so when it came to those kinds of things, I, I was trying to shield. So it wasn't like I was outright lying. I just wasn't, I wasn't being open. I was, not being deceptive, but I, I just wasn't wasn't sharing those things. So I was trying to trying to protect her. Um, so so even today, you know, um, my back hurts all the time, and you know, I, I have to take this chemotherapy medicine for the rest of my life, which they say is going to be a long time. But uh, I've said, and it drains me and all this kind of stuff. So so even now, there's this temptation where she wants to know, and I don't want to be wearing it on my sleeve all the time. So I try to try to shield her from that by not not sharing those things. And the reality is she doesn't want me to be a complainer and a crybaby all the time. But, but reality, she, she wants to know uh, what, what's going on my, in my life. So, um, so, so, you know, really this idea is that secrecy is the enemy of intimacy. And so what Cindy's at, there is intimacy. So you want to tease that idea, of, idea out a little bit of this honesty and openness? Sure. So for me, that feels... Not like he's being secretive and hiding it, but it's hurtful because it feels like uh, either I'm not important enough to have in his own private world or maybe he thinks I can't handle it. Um, when we talked about it, I got it in my head, but not in my heart. So it's been a process over the years to, to really try to find that balance to know he's trying to protect me, um, that he cares about shielding me, if you will, but he tries to be more open and I try to be uh, more accepting of that. But there's another area in openness, too. And sometimes um, I really just want to be a part of his world, and so I'm asking him questions. I mean, it might come across that I'm almost even attacking him or being nosy, but I have questions that I want to ask, and it's really because I want to be a part of his world. And some of that is me learning to know when to ask the questions and how to ask the questions because that would provide an opportunity at the right time for him to want to be more open and share about his day or share what's going on in his world. And that's what I want. I want to be a part of his world after we've been apart for the day. Hey, what happened? But if I pepper him at the door with a bunch of questions, he's ready to decompress and he's been exhausted in dealing with people all day long. So I have to find the right time. So I also need to accept and not take personally if he's not up for a great conversation or long conversation then. And I need to realize that there is a, a right time to ask those questions. And so, so along with that, it, it's, it's not that I want to hide those things. Sometimes I just don't want to relive it that quick after it. But yet at the same time, 
if we're going to be close and we're going to share life and it's just not that we're business partners, we're just not roommates, I, I need to let Cindy more into those things at the heart. And, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to, in a, sense, in a sense, protect her from that. You know, Solomon writes, an honest answer is like a warm hug. And uh, really, when we create that environment as men, uh, we get lots of warm hugs. And that's a good environment, isn't it, guys? So, um, but, uh, so that whole idea of being honest and transparent. Uh, number two is this idea of engaged conversation. Now, now we, men are a little bit at a disadvantage. Uh, women, they say, I don't know who figures these things out, but they say women say about 7,000 to 12,000 more words a day. Some of you are saying an hour. No, and it's a day. But, uh, but uh, it is a lot of talking. And uh, now I'm in trouble. Where's that cake? But anyway, uh, I came across this quote here. Uh, the tongue is the sword of a woman, and she never lets it become rusty. So, you know, it's just, it's just a little different, you know, and, and sometimes... Uh, Remember, there were four of us in the house. It wasn't... Yes, yeah, I, I know, I know. So, yeah, so, that, so seven times, four times 12,000 is 48... Anyway, so, yeah, that's a lot of words. But anyway, but, you know, it's, it can be hard for guys. It can be hard for guys, you know, talk, 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 you know, and, and we're in one word answers and, and, and all of those kinds of things. It's not that we think we're trying to hide something from times. We're just, we're just kind of just want to just say yes, no. I know when text messaging came out first, I was really excited about that because I thought, you know, I could just, you know, text a yes or a no to Cindy and, uh, you a know. A Y or an N. Yeah, right, yeah. Or just a K. Sometimes when I see these people go, if you text me okay, you, you know, that's, you're not, oh, no, it's just efficiency. A K is a lot easier than typing in an okay. So anyway, but, uh, you know, guys, you know, we're, we're just, it's, it's just a little bit harder for us, you know. I love this little thing. You've probably seen it before. Do you mind if I strap your phone to my forehead so at least I can pretend you're looking at me when we talk? So how do you see engaged conversations, my love? Well, I've learned over the years that, uh, you know, guys, the, the, the male brain wants, if there's something to discuss, let's articulate the problem, let's come up with a plan, let's fix it, let's move on. That's not the girl brain. And again, we're all unique and different, so not to stereotype anybody, but most of us as women, we, if we want to share about our day, we're in it to share, to talk about it together so we can both experience it See, if we both felt the same way in response to a situation. And so really we have to remember that guys work hard, hard, hard if they're going to actually listen to us. And we need to remember if we can better articulate how our day was, that helps them. Um, I know that Dave is engaged if he's looking at me and without the phone on my forehead. Um, or he may just hold my hand or touch my knee and that helps me to know he's really listening, that he is valuing what I have to say. And just like I want to know about his world, that when he's listening to me and engaged, that helps me know that he cares about my world too. Early on, he'd say, how was your day? And before I could like even get out the answer or figure out what I wanted to say about my day, he was on to the next thing. And I was like, wait a minute. But, but you know, so I've learned. And he's learned too. So now he has a follow-up question. Or we'll tease it out a little bit more. But again, at the right time. And I think that's just uh, an important thing is 
girls, a lot of times we're concerned about how we feel about a scenario, a problem, or a situation. We don't need a fixer. We might already, probably already know an answer. We just want somebody else to share it with us or hear it with us. And that really makes no sense to most, to most guys. Remember, they want to work and achieve and move forward, and it, it's not... Uh, it's not the same as how we think about things. Right. I mean, I mean, most of us, when we have a problem, we're looking for an immediate answer, right? So if we share, if we call somebody up, hey, Joe, you know, I got this problem. We're waiting for them to give an answer. We just don't expect them just to want, we're just not trying to connect emotionally with them. And, okay, great, that's a problem. problem. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you felt that way? Yeah, you feel this way? Okay, bye. But, you, you know... Cindy likes to do that because Cindy also is very capable, so she can solve her problems on her own, and so uh, many of them on her own. And so she just she just wants me to experience whatever happened, not make comments about you know how to how to how to fix it. Another piece of that is that men compartmentalize, and I have to remember that because I blend it all together. What happened at work? What happened with the kids? What happened at home? It's all together in how I'm feeling in a day, and. Guys very easily compartmentalize, whether it be work or play or finances or whatever it might be happening in the home. So, and that's another area in conversation that I think it's important to, for me to remember. But I do tell you, I can't wait to someday when iPhones come out with this tool. Maybe iPhone 20. Hey, are you golfing today? Yeah. It's the second time this week. But you said it was fine. It is fine. It's perfectly fine. Are you confused by female behavior? Wish you had a translator to understand what she means? Well, you're in luck. Introducing the Manslater, a revolutionary device that translates woman language into simple man words. Finally, the power to know what she means. Okay, cool. Let me just check with my wife. Hey, babe, a tea time opened up later. You mind if I go? Fine. If that's what you want to do. On second thought, I think I'll just stay here with you and watch The Notebook. Aw, <laughs> how sweet. Now that's more like it. The Manslater uses emotion deciphering technology to help you out of the toughest jams. Hey, is everything okay? You sound upset. Why would I be upset? Forgot anniversary, jerk. Oh, no way. Happy anniversary, babe. You remembered. <laughs> Come on, of course I did. <laughs> Thanks to the Manslater's patented FemLogic processing chip, now any man can decode statements like... Are you wearing that? You change, now! Hey, do you want to get some coffee? Me want coffee! Do you think she's pretty? You think she's prettier than me? Aw, you're such a good friend. Me never take you! I'm fine. Me not fine! I'll be ready in five minutes. Me ready 30 minutes! Do whatever you want. You know do what you want. Could you rub my shoulders a little bit? No, hanky-panky! Only massage! Be serious! The man's later even works on men! Finally, women can learn the deeper meaning of his words. Whoa. Your beauty is stunning. Hey, mind if I catch a movie with the guys? You are a lovely, wonderful woman who meets all of my needs. And even though I will miss you, this night I wish to see Death Cop 9 with my bros. I'm fine. I'm fine. Really. Stop looking at me. The man's like... <laughs> Engaged conversation.
All right. She needs communication regularly in the right tone and with two ears. As Cindy was talking about how that works, looking, listening, tone is, is so, so important. Um, Paul reminds us this. He says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. This idea of harsh. And sometimes, and sometimes men, we can come across harsh when we have no idea we're being harsh, right? Right. <laughs> so it happens. You, you, don't, you don't realize that you're actually being, being harsh. I uh, need to remember in all of life, you are never persuasive when you are abrasive. And uh, that cuts both ways. That cuts in all of our relationships. But, but you know, just, just understanding that, you know, we just, we just don't want to be harsh. And we want to understand what messages we send. Again, that little translator thing cut both ways. And uh, we, we need to make sure that our spouses are getting that we're not being harsh by the way we say something or how we say it. Um, now, the number one need is, you ready, drum roll? Is sex. It's great. No, that's not the answer. You know, guys were like, yes, I knew it. I was hoping for that. <laughs> I was hoping. It's something called affection. And when it comes to affection, it is just uh, so, it's, it's, it's confusing sometimes to God, guys, because we equate affection with sex. They think the, they're one and the same. And uh, now, both men and women need intimacy, but the way that is expressed is different. For the women, it's the environment that leads to sex. For men, it's all about the event. So you just have to understand that. We need to understand that, uh, you know, intimacy for a woman is uh, knowing and experiencing what she is, that she knows and experiences that she's cherished by a man, valued and important. It's the ideas of knowing me and my favorite things. The fact that you actually get your spouse. A woman might say, he gets me. We saw that a little bit in that, in that video about this idea. Um, so this idea of being known and close in affection. Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Cindy? <laughs> so intimacy for a woman oftentimes is a hug or a gentle touch, holding a hand, Maybe it's a note from David's going to be a text, but maybe more than a letter yet Y or N. But lets me know that he's thinking about him throughout the day. Uh, on an anniversary or holiday, I always say, just write me a card. Don't spend 5 or $7. Just write me a card. Every once in a while, I can convince him to do it. And it really, his words to me mean more than what Hallmark might say, even though Hallmark has a lot of good things. But um, flowers, chocolate for some women, that's fabulous. Um, and I, I do like flowers, but only really on a, a rare occasion. And I, Dave gets me in that he has started not sending them on our anniversary or not sending them on my birthday. He sends them just on a random occasion, and it's, I'm thinking of you today, or you were on my heart, wanted you to know. So, not that sick? Guys, sorry. Just raise the bar it's, a little it's, bit. It, you know, it, it's once in a blue moon. It's not, but it's a, it's a special thing. And for me, that helps me to know that he is thinking about me. And so again, it's the idea of valuing, um, that idea of feeling like I am treasured. I mean, honestly, women, and maybe this is just me, but we, it's hard to feel beautiful and to, we work at feeling loved and knowing who we are, who God says we are. 
But when our husband says who we are and that we're valued and we're loved by the way he treats us, by the way he studies us and gets to know what we think, what we like, what's important to us, that's everything. And I think that's a huge sign or way that we uh, receive intimacy and affection. You know, again, we, we just need to understand that women need affection like men need sex. And uh, that, that's just, that's, that's, that's the way it is. And again, uh, creating that intimacy, creating that closeness, being affectionate, discovery and learning never ends for men. It, it never ends. And uh, we said, I think we said last week, I, I love it when I meet a couple that's been married for like 50, 60 plus 70 years, and they still seem to love each other. There's, there's a closeness. There's a tenderness. Um, that affection, affection is there. I love the way um, Eugene Peterson renders Proverbs 5, 18 through 21. And, and really, it's an expression of how a husband ought to cherish his wife. Enjoy the wife you married as a young man. Lovely as an angel beautiful as a rose. Don't ever, quite take a, don't ever quit taking delight in her body. Never take her love for granted. Why would you trade in enduring intimacies for cheap thrills? Mark well that God doesn't miss a move you make. And so this idea of cherishing our wives, cherishing our wives for, for, our, for our life, and uh, really having that direction, having that, that understanding. And guys, you, you, know, you, you know this, or maybe you don't. Guys, I've learned that when Cindy's emotional or Cindy's affection tank is filled, my affection tank is filled. And uh, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Enough said on that. <laughs> guys, how are you growing in understanding and understanding and getting to know your wife, your spouse, or your future spouse? You know, you may get the wrong kind of donuts, but you got to start somewhere. Girls, our goal is that our husbands make progress in getting to know us. We do not want to shame them when they try. They may not get it right, but we know that as they're trying, that we need to cheer them on and encourage them. You have a child that brings home a piece of artwork. What do we do? Wow, that's beautiful. Tell me about that. We get them to describe it because we can't quite tell for sure. But we support and we encourage. Why? Because that helps them to be confident, to try again, and to be better at what they're doing. We all need that encouragement and support. And so, girls, we've got to get that piece of it right, too. We really need to encourage and support never to shame our husbands when they're trying. You know, and there's, just, there's this one more thing, and this cuts both ways, and, and it's this. When the grass seems greener on the other side, it's time to water and fertilize your own lawn. Let that, let that sink in. When the grass seems greener on the, in someone else's yard or another yard or on the other side, it's time to water and fertilize your own yard. And you need, to, you need to understand and discover well enough, guys, that you don't overwater, that you don't overfertilize. You've got to know your spouse. You've got to know your wife. And uh, that, that just will save you all kinds 
of just heartache all around. So the bottom line is this. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit. When you get her, when you get your wife, when you get that one that's special to you, you actually get her. You understand? When, when you get her, when you understand who she is, how she's wired, you will find that you actually get her. You get her heart and all that comes along with that. Uh, Cindy, would you uh, mind praying for us today? Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for our time together. We love you, God, and we thank you for the gift of marriage. We thank you that you created it. We may all be in different places as we're here together in this room, but we all have interpersonal skills that we can grow on in relationships with men and women. God, give us women grace, humility. Help us to encourage our husbands. Help us to be teachable. Give our men strength. Help them to have the courage to keep trying. Give them the gift of time and listening. Help us to work together. Father, we just thank you for another day, another day to get this right, another chance to give marriage one more try. We just ask that you be with us as we go our separate ways. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.